Hey everyone, welcome to Heart Fork Live, a podcast for everything Web3. We are Castro and Aram, their hosts, and we are delighted to be joining by Enrique, co-founder, technical lead developer at Kronos, a Web3 game, a Web3 RPG game that is innovating in, you know, building a really cool game in Web3 and uh, founders including Enrique, they're pushing to bring the game to more community members, try to bring more players for the game. And in this podcast, we dive deep into Enrique's experience about building a Web3 game, integrating blockchain aspects into the game, and his vision, experience, and takes on how to build a game using blockchain. It's going to be a fascinating one, so definitely tune in for this. But before that, few words from our sponsors. Flare.dev is the Web3 platform that allows you to build, sell, and scale in Web3. It flares NFT tiered sales, credit card, and cross-chain payment. You can increase your NFT sales by at least 50% because you can allow your users to pay for your NFT via credit card or any crypto they have in their wallet and also connect their wallet or if they don't have one already, Flare is going to create a custodial wallet on behalf of them. Also with Flare's scalable smart contracts, Relayer and indexing API, you can read, write and build on blockchain in a scalable way. So whether you're a dApp, a game or a Web2 company that wants to build on blockchain, Flare has you covered for the long run. So definitely check flare.dev. That is F-L-A-I-R.dev. Enrique, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, man? Good, good. Uh, thank you for having me here. and uh, really looking forward to, to this. Really, really great to have you with us. Um, maybe before we start talking about Kronos, the game that you're developing, I'd really love to hear about your uh, let's say journey to becoming a game developer and what made you interested in exploring web3 for your gaming experience sure that is an interesting journey uh, for sure so um i guess since uh i've been a kid a child i've always been back in school right a kid in school that i brought uh i don't know i made it, i even made a game when i was uh, 10 years old i also made some uh, gadgets and brought uh, things to school so i was always that kid i was always really curious and now, so I started programming as soon as I could. I really enjoyed electronics. And that is actually why I started uh, electronics engineering, because I really wanted to uh, understand how computers work, like from, from the electricity point, right? <laughs> that, that, that's from the, uh, the core and, and going out. So uh, that's uh, electronics engineering. But I, to be honest, I ended up not really liking it that much. I don't know if it was the university, the professors, but in any case, I did what I do best, which is I took on a personal project. I started uh, doing some artificial intelligence. I also ended up doing also an 8-bit computer. So I uh, really varied, just a lot of tech stuff. I've always been a uh, super geek about that. And I ended up um, working as that scientist. And although I really enjoyed it, um, I really liked uh, Web3. Why did I like Web3? Because uh, around the first bull run, that is uh, 2017, I also started, uh, I, I took all my money when I, that was in 2017, I had 18, I had 18 years. 
So I, it's not like I had worked before. I had that much money. But it, it, in any case, I still uh, took all my money, <laughs> bought six GPUs, and started mining Ethereum. And from there, I just started learning about DeFi, uh, MetaMask. It took me a while to get a, a grasp of all of that, but I really enjoyed it. And back and going back to the, uh, I ended up working as data scientist, and this is also in 2021 with the uh, with the second bull run. I uh, met with my uh, other co-founder, which we were friends from when we were little, and he he's always been drawing, right? And for me, I've always wanted to do video games. I've done video game development, but more as a hobby, as a smaller project, because I don't have the ability to draw. I, I mean, I, I can do a lot of stuff, but definitely I cannot draw. Like you wouldn't want to see any of my uh, of my drawings. <laughs> so uh, if you put together uh, meeting back again with him, uh, not really at enjoying the work. I, although I, I liked it, it's not. I my dream has always been about uh, uh, doing my own business. So I Kronos was born in in that moment, right? And we started. Hey, why don't we do our own video game? Why don't we do our own Web three video game? And that is actually how it started. That was uh, December 2021. And I actually quit my job on February. And since then, it's been a, a hell of a journey, right? Uh, uh, a small team, but uh, as you know, uh, pretty dedicated, uh, working every day uh, to uh, deliver a vision to, to everyone. That's an amazing story. And I think I can relate to the first part so much because in school, I thought I was kind of taught this mathematics and all those things, and I was into them. But because I think schools have a really do a bad job of connecting that to a real world problem, let's say, um, it just you, you lose the motivation on that at some point. But you're still like, sure. equity, like say the problem solving and all of that. So at some point, you kind of connected that to let's say game development or data scientists, which has more applications in the world. And I hope that schools do more of that. Um, but actually, like your story of you know, how you met your founder, I think that's also like probably the best way that it can happen because you you have just a bunch of skills and you kind of come from different backgrounds and then you meet that person that you can start a business with. And I, I, I think you need a co-founder for these type of things because the process is just so hard and each one of you brings something to the table. Uh, and for game, I can see like both, both of these sides are really important. Um, but uh, maybe my question is, what did you think about game development before you started doing it and after was like how different was it in terms of the dynamics and let's say the creative process or a lot of other things that might be involved in the work how, how different was that uh, from before and after um i'm not sure i totally understand the question but uh i i did do some game development before i, I started with chronos i did some smaller projects small games more casual ones never once as as big as Kronos, but uh for me it was it was just awesome it started Kronos because it was finally a bigger a huge game an rpg with all the mechanics so i got to finally put uh, all of my uh of my knowledge everything that i knew into one single project all my efforts into one and that means all of those mechanics seriously is so big compared to other projects that, uh I've done, other games i mean and so it was really fun and and i've been having a, a blast with it yeah, that makes sense. I'm kind of, um, I wasn't sure that if you did kind of game development before Kronos, but it kind of was a let's say a bigger scale project that you that you were doing. And how is the creative process for that? For example, Kronos has a let's say lore story or let's say characters. Um, 
as a founder, you probably need to wear the shoe of that to come up with these ideas. How yeah. does that look like? Sure. Uh, so uh, at the beginning, it was a bit fussy. Uh, and we, we just wanted to make a game. We had some ideas. We know we liked uh, time travel, fantasy, and aliens. So we kind of went with it. Uh, not knowing really, really much about, we were just testing that. That was on December. We were just, uh, hey, what about you try to draw me some sprites? I tried to uh, make a, a super basic movement uh, system. And and after that, after we got our first, like, it was horrible. Uh, like, <laughs> But it still, it was ours, right? And after one month, we, we said, hey, let's let's take it seriously. And that is when we uh, started uh, doing things uh, more uh, in, in order, right? So uh, the creative process usually involves uh, a first a brainstorm of ideas or if he's saying, hey, let's do this. Because he knows more about writing, about developing a story. I'm more of a, hey, I saw this on Netflix. So this is really cool. <laughs> So uh, we kind of first brainstorm the ideas, then we order them, and 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 then we we take it from there. The, it's a good thing that we're a small team, because uh, that allows us to uh, really uh, move towards like pivot really fast between ideas and iterate, improve, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, usually smaller teams has a kind of advantage compared to others, which is you know you can move really fast with these ideas, and also for the creative idea, I think. Um, Probably that's the best way to do it because, for example, if you are into, let's say, a type of genre, for example, you like animes or you like, let's say, uh, strategy or, I don't know, fantasy stuff, then it just makes more sense to try to build a game maybe in that because at least you can relate to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're building also a Web3 game. And uh, as we know, like community is also a big part of Web3 games. Like from day one, you start interacting with them in Discord if you're building in that way. Um, how do you see the impact of the community on, let's say, like the story or how the game is getting developed uh, from that sense? Um, we've always been pretty close to the community. Uh, um, as soon as I, we could, we opened our Discord, even though we were uh, just the two of us. We started, we tried, we really tried to uh, be close to them, talk every day to the community, even if it was small, but growing. And we always take community feedback. And we always will. And what I mean by this is the the shape of Kronos can vary uh, depending on the community response. So if the community wants something or is really hyped about something, we can focus on that, change something. And we're also going to release the story in chapters. Uh, we got a, already an outline, but we don't have all the, de the details for the uh, latest chapters, right? So that means uh, it's still open, right? And it, it depends on... on on the journey that will uh, get us there, right? Yeah, it's kind of you always, it's a continuous journey, basically. And uh, I think also depending on the type of the game, which for Kronos, I assume that it's a it's a game that always can be evolved, you know, uh, like different seasons, different chapters. You can expand the world that the players are going to be in. So it's just going to be easier uh, to, you know, incorporate the community feedback into that process. And that definitely makes sense. Um, Kind of trying to connect to the, the genre of the game that you're building. So Kronos is a let's say 2D RPG game, and uh, what are your ideas about the type of games that are at least today, like 2022, are suitable for for let's say the environment of Web3, or do you think that the genre of the game is kind of irrelevant? It doesn't matter what type of genre of the game it is. All of them can be kind of in the Web3 as well. And do you have any thoughts about that? Sure. Um, I think any game, of course, can 
in the sense of being able to uh, be in Web3. But I think there are a couple of genres that really benefit from it, and mainly that is uh, RPGs. Uh, why RPGs? Because they really capture um, that that time, that progression inside the game, right? So if you level up a character, all of the, all of the time you spent in an RPG, um, th there are two ways you can capture progression in a game. That is in a player skill and in the and in the pro game progression. And with RPGs, they're really focused on the on the game progression. So that means that if you level up or you obtain a new weapon. Uh, that really sounds like a, an economy, right? You obtain, I don't know, a, an armor that you've been grinding for, you level up to, uh, I don't know, level 100 after spending so many hours into the game. And you, being able to then use, capture that in, into your NFT, which is your character, or your or your weapon or your armor or whatever it is, and being able to trade with another, another player, I think that's where the real economy happens. And that is why RPGs, I think, really resonate uh, really well with, uh, with Web3. And, but uh, it's not the only genre. I think uh, we see other games uh, like uh, Fortnite, CSGO, uh, Valorant with the skin system. Like it's just uh, it's just a, it's just taking a, a game that is has a strong social aspect into it and adding uh, cosmetics, which people really like. At, at the end of the day, it's our, digi our digital identity. Even if they're not NFTs, uh, I, I don't care. People do want to have a digital identity inside a game. So uh, if I think not only RPGs, but also games that are, have that social component into it can really uh, push forward with the uh, with having skins as Web3 component. Yeah, I love the distinction you made there, like uh, just assets. Assets in the game are a perfect use case for Web3. Like, it can be skins, it can be, you know, your character, the progress of your game, whatever you want in, in whatever you buy or acquire in the game can be considered as NFT or token. Um, and I think the social aspect is also interesting because again, we are creatures of that. We want to show off these people to others. So like NFT is also another good use case of that. Um, so, but you know that a lot of games maybe put a lot of, maybe too much focus at least in the beginning of the game when even there is no demo of the game on tokenomics aspect, which is, you know, how to, I can reward the users, how I can that. How was this experience for you? Like, did you think about it? Was it interesting to introduce the tokenomics from the beginning, or were you more interested? Like, I'm gonna build a beta of the game, and I'm just gonna introduce these characters as assets for now, and then I'm gonna figure out the tokenomics at a later point. Uh, what, what was the thought process behind uh, behind that? Uh, we had it really uh, was clear from the beginning. We wanted to build a game first, and then worry about the tokenomics. In fact, we don't uh, we don't even have a token. At the moment, you know, maybe it can come in the future, but right now we're focusing on the game, focusing on what we have, which is the travelers. And right, we have now released our, our NF, first NFT collection, but after doing our MVP, after doing some playtests, people could play the game after having the game built. We uh, started doing uh, the NFTs, integrating the first steps of the economy that are gonna come in the beta, but f game first always, that, that has always been our, our top priority. I think it can attract at least more longer term players in a sense, because they're going to care more about fun and let's say all that aspect. I know that it's like one of the highest priorities for the game that you guys are building as well. Um, yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, mm. short term is, is, is hard because people really, uh, it's, it's a bit sad, but normally when you have a web free product, people first ask, how much money can I make of this instead of uh, how fun is this game, right? 
and that is a bit saddening so uh, people are slowly uh uh getting back uh faith into web3 gaming and just having fun with games but of course uh it's been a, a bumpy past with those uh quote games uh, because people can't see my webcam right now so quote games with with the click turns and i think they've done so much damage to to the space but i hopefully with chronos and so many other games coming up in web3 are going to change the, the people's vision again yeah, yeah, exactly. You get the benefit of, let's say, blockchain web three. Like, um, you're not, all these assets can be like traded and all of that. You're not going to be um, maintaining uh, a, a depository of those assets that nobody can touch, nobody can sell. Um, but also, it's fun to play. So, just best of both worlds. Um, but <laughs> I, I know we talk about like all the positive things about, let's say, blockchain. But there's a, it adds a kind of a complexity to all the other difficult things that you need to be doing as a like the web2 game also um how, how was the experience you know thinking about the blockchain integrations integrating into it the roadmap affecting other parts of the game that you need to be building and how was that for you um, so far uh it sure does have complexity i think uh in two layers the first is the technical aspect having to develop all of the smart contracts um I then in the game having connect the the Unity servers with the uh, with the smart contract somehow mint NFTs uh, burn uh, is is crazy sounds uh, really complex and but th th this is actually where Flutter comes comes in <laughs> and I'm really really thankful uh, that this exists and you're doing a, a great job at it but uh, th that's first and then the second one is uh, once you have the technical side you also have to worry about the the result in the You've built a web3 game that means it has an economy built into it it has tokenomics uh people can trade there's this kind of uh stability instability into it right so um i think those two layers are are something you really have to take into account and for us it's been um we always like to take a problem and divide it into smaller ones so again we focus on the game of course we had some uh, um some tokenomics ideas. We also consulted with a couple of PhDs in Argentina, and but uh, we always focus on the game first. And and we've seen that uh, as the game evolves, we've also been involved in the uh, the economy part a little bit, adapting, improving, getting feedback from other people. And I think it's really a process. I, I don't think anyone has nailed tokenomics just yet, and I don't think you can nail it on on their first uh, brainstorm. I guess it's more more of a process and. And little by little, I think we're we're getting there, and I think it's key to do a soft launch of your of your idea. Uh, release something small, validate it, iterate, improve, and that is our, our process. Yeah, it seems like a best approach that a lot of games can have. You know, if 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 your game is known for let's say a Ponzinomics or like really deep tokenomics, it's just really hard to go back to it. But the other way around, you know, again building a game that is fun to play. And uh, probably again, the best advice I have for people who are just you know trying trying to start is you know build a web two game. Don't even integrate blockchain into it, but just put the let's say placeholders for it, or let's say like the travelers in your game can be an NFT. Just have that as a concept and go forward, and you know um, all of that. Um, but for example, like one step before even we get to the game is the issue of fundraising for a lot of games, especially like you know people teams are a bit smaller. And has this kind of changed anything for you, like being on Web3, being able to maybe fundraise from the community, or it, it hasn't kind of impacted you um, in that sense? Um, yeah, um, being a small team has always been hard. 
and we came across the idea of raising uh, funds and we did try but I, I think we did not try hard enough uh, it, it is already a hard enough market and raising funds is not like uh speaking to a couple of vcs and uh, box ramble no it's more of a, a full-time job you really have to put your your day into it your weeks into it and really work hard on it and although we tried we we were really uh we couldn't stop doing the game and yeah i guess uh we're still uh willing to do a pre-seed round in the upcoming months i guess but uh we've been so focused on the game and as you know we can deliver on ourselves uh the on, on, all, on all the technical side so we're not really worried about that we do look forward to growing our our community our team but uh hopefully it's with, uh, through uh revenue and not just uh, uh raising funds yeah i mean the raising funds can always you know uh, as, especially for the founders who are who have the right mindset who have the right skills it can you know lower the pressure that you know hey i need to make rent and all of that so you can just focus on the game but as you mentioned it's just a whole process for itself and especially like if you add a bear market to it or when the kind of the market is not in a really good position then it just adds more complexity to it um but yeah you know building a kind of a at least a first version of the game if it's possible and it's only possible for the games that you know the founders are kind of relatively technical they have the skills to at least build the first version gather a kind of small community and build on top of that if, if you can survive that level then if i'm an investor i would trust that team more than any other team because exactly just, that, that is uh, well, well, sorry sorry i interrupted but yeah that, that, that is exactly our thought process so uh, first do this and then uh do the the investor part yeah always make it easy um how how is the role of marketing for you uh, for a game like what are the things you're looking for are you looking for let's say more players more a better place who can just test the game or uh, how how is that exactly in terms of building partnerships or putting the word out for chronos in the markets sure uh forwards had a, an entrepreneurship uh mindset so i did some uh mba some uh, digital marketing courses throughout my uh i guess when i was a teenager and and you know just been learning about um about that for for quite a while so i did assume the role of marketing at our chronos and <laughs> i mean it's it's not that i did not like it but i i enjoy coding better but in any case i think we've done uh, really well we've had a uh, content creators in a uh, big content creators involved into it and uh, been growing our brand uh we've been in, in a couple of in real life events and we always look for a uh, true community. We're not worried about huge numbers. Like I see a lot of uh, projects have, uh, I don't know, 10K, 20K, 30K, 50K uh, followers, and then zero engagement, zero uh, zero everything, right? For the things that really matter, that's a, a, a zero. And we don't, we don't like that. We would rather uh, build organically, uh, uh, build a true community, uh, build players that really are really interested in, in the project. Uh, and Another thing is that our, our marketing budget hasn't been uh, really big because, again, we, we're not funded. So we've always been trying to do this, the uh, be getting close to people, right? So getting to know the community, getting to know the, co the content creators, not just doing like a cold uh, contract. Hey, you do this, you pay the other. No, no, we've always been trying to uh, be close to uh, to everything that, that we do in, in the marketing side, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Or in your case, I know that you're connected with some, let's say, gaming guilds or partners that, you know, you can benefit both sides. Like they want to have quality projects like yours. They also want to get a bit of expo um, exposure. 
Um, so I think that's also a really good match. Uh, have you? Uh, what was your experience with working with gaming guilds? In, in a sense, has it been positive, negative? Uh, how did you see that? Uh, it's a bit of fragmented at the moment. Uh, there are guilds that uh, I think have the good vision. There are guilds that have a bad, not bad, but different vision, and ones that are kind of light in the middle. And I think the determining factor is they they see themselves as a completely value structure guild. Like just going to the game, uh, uh, buying a, a bunch of assets, and and seeing the game really as a as a DeFi protocol that you just kind of invest and boom, you get money uh, off of it. And then we have the other guilds which are, are focusing more on on competitive side, on creating content, on community building, and we've seen uh, a lot of, uh, of of them. We uh, don't really like to partner with the ones that are just trying to get a I'm, I'm gonna say it, frankly they're just gonna to, to get rich uh with the game but we'd rather look for a partner uh, for guilds and partnership that we both we can really benefit from right so they can they have you can play great game they can create content they can uh have competitive uh players into it of course they can build leaderboards they can also get money of course with the leaderboards because they're competitive players are creating content but it's not just uh um uh seeing the game as a financial product, right? And that is uh, that is my point. It's not A game is not a financial product. A game is a game, something to have fun. But then you also have a reward system built into it. And that is at least how I, I see Web3 games are. Yeah, you start with the, that first and then reward comes not like the other way around because the other way around doesn't have any fun. And I totally agree. I mean, this, this mindset is, I don't want to say it's prevalent. Maybe right now in the bear market, it's actually has turned uh, down a bit. But just there are some entities that are only looking for extract as much as value they can. And uh, yeah, if, if you're a game, if you're listening to this, I mean, just try to be careful of who uh, you associate yourself with. Because yeah, um, as, as, as you mentioned, it's important yeah. to have the long-term partners that can invest in your success. Um, exactly i mean i still think you can you can make uh be profitable within chronos i don't know farming a store firing some items climbing lighter leaderboards but it's not just about it right and that is my point that's what i'm trying to, to describe yeah yeah well said um your team the team is the most important thing that makes the project successful how did you i mean you kind of told us about your co-founder but how did you kind of form a team around this idea um and also, what are the roles that you need, let's say, in the first stage of building a game? Uh, could be really useful for founders who want to do Sure. That. So um, uh, I was, um, again, I'm a super technical life. Also marketing, because I really like, uh, my, my dream has always been to uh, have my own business. So I guess both the technical side and the uh, on the business side was was me. And then Jorge was all of that creativeness, right? Uh, I like things in, in boxes, right? Because I'm an engineer, right? I, I, have to put everything in a box, but he is always uh, thinking outside of the box, and he's always so creative. Uh, of course, all of the animation, illustration, um, all of that has been his role. And together, I think we we make a pretty good team because uh, we're like totally different backgrounds, and I think that one plus one is not now not two; it's, it's three, right? Because we do so different things that we can really uh, complement each other in in a perfect way, and. And we've, we've built together for uh, a lot of time. And when we started um, uh, growing our team a little bit, the first thing we looked for was uh, a bit of uh, help for, for both of us. So uh, a couple of developers to help. Uh, this was interesting because Chronos uh, started as a single player game. We, we had planned PvP, but uh, 
uh, it was gonna come later on later on the roadmap, but people insisted on it. So uh, uh, we said, hey, let's let's do it now. It's gonna be better to do it now because otherwise the technical uh, part is gonna be even harder if, if we keep developing a single player game. So um, when the PvP came, I I we said, hey, we need a couple more developers. It's gonna be a, a lot of work involved. So um, that is what we did. We got a couple more developers in house and also uh, another artist to help over here. And um, now that we are I mean, not not done with the game development. Of course, there's a lot of do to do on the roadmap, but uh, the bulk of it it, it is done. Is now it's about content and adding features, uh, the adventure mode. Everyone is asking back again, <laughs> and and now that we're looking for is a marketing manager. Right now we're uh, we're I think 2023 is uh, uh, our time to uh, plan to grow and scale Chronos. So right now we're looking for uh, marketing positions inside our Chronos. So be it uh, an uh, event planner, community manager, uh, marketing, uh, all, all of that is uh, what we're looking for in, in the team. And as for how we choose people, uh, I always put first uh, the fact if they're motivated. Uh, so I think there are two, two things, uh, being motivated and being talented. And having both, it's really hard to find, really, really hard to find. Um, but we always try to look for uh, uh, passionate people that are really good at what they do, and just uh, just looking for the best talent and hopefully growing our team uh, really, really soon. Yeah, exactly. The combination is hard. I, uh, me and my co-founder always talk about this. Like, who do we want in our team? And come up with like some, let's say, characteristic. Like that person has to have like a founder mindset of being so resourceful and just get the job done, basically. And I think a portion of that is, you know, in the area that you work, you need to have the skills, you need to have, you know, be smart enough. But I think nothing can, you know, replace like the motivation or being passionate about something. I think that is a stronger factor. Um, so, yeah, you need to come yeah. but, but you also mentioned that that is a get the job done attitude. And that is something really important, too, because we've come across... Um, like it's not it's not bad, but I, I guess those people would have, would benefit more from working on a bigger company where they have very specific tasks, uh, very specific deadlines, etc. Super super well de well defined. And but here in the startups, small startup is just uh, get this done, right? I need this feature done. Uh, there's not really a guidance. There's not really a of course. I mean, there, there are some guidelines, but there's not really a huge description into it. Just get get it done, right? And I need to solve this, or I need to come up with an interesting solution for this that we hadn't thought before, and I have to do it on my own. So yeah, you have to do it. You have to solve the problem. And I think that's really important. That is a good point, yes. Yeah, yeah. You need to have that you know, uh, to move the startup forward, because there's a lot of unknown in a small startup like Kronos or any other game that is getting things figured out. But also, the, also my, my, my questions was, OK, how Kronos is going to evolve from here? And I think you answered that, OK. The beta is kind of ready, and the goal right now is to get it to the hands of more people, and that probably needs the role of, let's say, community manager, marketing people to uh, get the word out a bit more. Um, yeah, that was also super. Exactly. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, maybe try to finish things off by having a look into the future. And I know that that question is always hard. <laughs> but uh, how do you see kind of the Web3 gaming evolve uh, after the crazy to do that we have? And where are we today? Um, I think the future is bright. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, great games uh, coming up this year, uh, mostly uh, smaller companies. And I also eventually expect that bigger companies, I'm talking about, I don't know, Riot or Activision doing uh, 
NFTs. I think they're all just waiting for the moment. So I think the only uh, direction for Web3 gaming is up. And that doesn't mean inflated token prices, please. <laughs> no, just a joke. But uh, I know I think the, the Web3 gaming is really going to move forward. I think a little by little is growing. We just need the right games, the right companies, and the right founders, and the right people to push it forward. But I, I think we're going to see it. And as for Kronos, we're going to uh, keep building. Uh, now that we have the PvP side, uh, we're uh, working back on the on the uh, random dungeons, being on your own, the single player, the story, which we're really, really, really excited about. Is That was our initial vision. Uh, so we're, we're going to keep developing. We're going to keep adding expansions into the game. We're going to work on uh, getting the word out on Kronos to everyone, not just Web3 gamers, but also Web2 gamers. And just, again, uh, doing our part on uh, pushing the, the space forward into uh, fun and sustainable uh, Web3 games. Uh, also, like you mentioned a really good point that you know this is not only about Web3. I really hope that in future this is going to be called a game that has just a superior technology for, let's say, asset ownership. But one of the hardest things I was thinking about and you know trying to let's say how can we go basically to the next step is all the web to let's say game founder that are now maybe might be listening to you i'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot here it's gonna be a hard <laughs> question what would you tell those people about you know jumping ship into web3 because you know it's not about hype it's not about anything what are the benefits that they would get from coming to web3 and you know innovating in this area um, that is a really, really, really good question. I guess the main benefit of, I mean, it's it's hard because if you come from the web to space, it's hard to see the benefits of a web free game, right? But because you first need to understand blockchain, and but why would I need to understand technology to understand the need of it? And that has always been the actual problem in web three, right? Like uh, uh, a lot of people say, web three solving a problem that doesn't exist, and yes and no. And for me, of course, it's, it's a no. For um, is of course solving a problem that is uh, digital ownership, and that is really important to having a provable uh, way to see that you're the real asset of your uh, of of your digital identity, your digital assets, being able to trade them, sell them, move them, whatever you want, integrate them into other games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you can do the same web too. Yeah, I know you can, but it's different, right? It, here you can prove you have your NFT, you can move it, and you can trade it. And there is also the fact that uh the the creating uh, player economies inside a game right i think uh empowering the players right uh making sure the user is rewarded for their time and having capturing all that all the time they spend into your game into their asset into deal asset again that they own so i think those are the the benefits of uh of web3 and for some people it's still uh, a mess for them to understand and i think it's little by little as better web3 games come up I think people are going to understand, and I think it is, it is a process. Uh, every big technology always takes a lot of years to really settle into the uh, into the whole community. So I guess uh, I think we're we're early in Web three, and that is why people are still missing. Uh, some people are still missing the fact that you not not Web three people, of course, Web three people already get it, but for for Web two people, and but so really looking forward to uh, getting uh, more. Uh, awareness into into web3 people get to know it with with, with another web3 games or with chronos uh with chronos we're working on making everything seamlessly transparent right so uh you just play the game then learn the ropes of web3 boom you play the game for one month and boom you got a, a i don't know a, 
a nice hammer, right? An hammer, a nice hammer uh, weapon inside the game. And that's really cool, except for the fact that your character uses fire, right? And so what do you do with it? Normally in an RPG, you would, you would just dismantle it, even if you could, and do nothing. But here in a Web3 game, what you can do is actually take that uh, ice hammer sword, sell it on the marketplace, and buy yourself a uh, fire sword or, or whatever, right? And I don't know, I think uh, giving some examples really uh, gives uh, some sense into it. So I think hopefully with that, uh, if someone is hearing me, uh, that, that makes sense. And looking forward to, uh, to seeing that uh, happen. No, I love that example. It's simple enough, but you know it happens a lot in other games. And if you could just even take that example and apply it, that's already a benefit. But as you mentioned, like at a higher level, it can, it can create a whole economy inside the game. And we know that that's a hard thing to do. But it has a potential to do that because of blockchain. So you can get there at some point. So I think it's just so powerful. And as you mentioned, we need better examples. We just need better examples of the games that are doing something good, showing these examples to the other people, and also like technical issues that are there, you know, the wallet and all of that. All I, I think they're gonna get improved because it's not like internet from day one was good, or let's say the web two games were good from the beginning. I mean, I go to back some of those games and it's just horrible experience in some ways. So <laughs> things are gonna get improved, hopefully. Um, yeah, absolutely. This has been great, Enrique. Thank you so much. Any final words from your side? Uh, yeah, I actually want to uh, thank you, uh, Kazra and Aram for doing an awesome work at Flare. Uh, the the tools you're building for both uh, developers and uh, users, I think they're they're so so great. Uh, they're making my life easier. They're making uh, our users' life easier, and that adds a lot of value into it. So uh, thank you for having me here, and thank you for building such an amazing product. You too. Great to have you. See you guys uh, in the next one. Thank you. Bye bye. bye.